right, get all your green in this weekend. This is Green Weekend Finale. It's not easy. To be green? To wear green. Oh, to wear green. <laughs> well, you tell me. You wear it all the time. You know, uh, this past couple of weeks, I wore different shades of green. I've noticed. You've got you've got some nice variety in your green vestments, uh, but this is it. This is the last weekend for a while, not till probably June. What Michael is telling you, folks, is that Wednesday is Ash Wednesday. Hi. Well, Wednesday of next week. Mar- after March, this. March 2nd. It's coming. So to Violet you go. To what? To Violet. Isn't that the official color, liturgical? Yes, we will be going to Violet. To Violet you will go. Oh, to Violet. Oh, isn't there a song, Something to Go? I was thinking it sounds like a off-brand Dr. Seuss book. <laughs> oh, to Violet you will go. <laughs> okay. No, that sounds, isn't that a song you sing? No. Something to to go. To <laughs> There's, go, one, there's there, go out. No, 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 no. Okay. We'll talk about this off air. Okay. Well, uh, let's get on. Hi everyone. My name's Michael. This is Father, Father Herb. Father Herb. Hello everybody. This you're, is Father Herb. You're listening to the 23 podcast. Number 233. Three. Okay. That's exciting. And is our last Sunday in uh chapter 6 of Luke's gospel. So our, we so we are ending the sermon on the plain in Maine. I yeah. can't. I can't help but the, the, think of my fair lady when we. When every time you the, say the, that, the the rain on the plain stays mainly in Luke. <laughs> it doesn't have quite the same ring as the original did. Yeah. Uh, anyway, are you excited for Lent? We'll talk more about Lent as we prepare. But I, I like Lent. Uh, I like it not because it's hard. And not because it's challenging, but I like it because it's such an opportunity to get get back to the center of what I'm all about. Yeah. I think sometimes we all drift. Sure. And it's almost like if you're re-navigating, you know, I was out on Lake Erie mm-hmm. and we realized we weren't in the part of the lake where we thought we were. I was not running the boat. That's good. And uh, so we had to stop. And re-navigate, and we realized we were really pretty far off, and that's what Lent is. Yeah, that's good. That's a good image. We'll get we'll get more to that. that that's probably going to be Ash Wednesday. I... <laughs> <laughs> well, you just heard it, folks. You didn't have to come to mass now. Uh, yes, you have to come to get your ashes. That's right. Well, and the ashes we will have. Um, but anyway, before we get there, let's enjoy this final weekend of ordinary time. Last time to sing the Gloria. Last time to sing Alleluia. Last time to see you in very manly green. Yes, just so many good. Things. That that one robe that I, the chasuble I wear, the the green green. Yeah, that's from Guatemala. Yeah, that one looks warm. I don't know if I could take that. It's not as warm. It, it's it's um, it's probably has a lot of wool in it. Yeah, it looks. But it it's not super warm. No, it it does breathe. Oh, that's good. You want a breathable chasuble? Yes, Say, of course. On these winter days, I think. I think when I wore it the other week, yeah, people said, "Oh, he's not a dummy. It's zero outside. <laughs> it's like a sweater. We should get you a little turtleneck chasuble. A little just right. Okay, <laughs> let, let's let's do something important, like go to the scriptures. I think that. Have is you been good. enjoying the sermon on the plane? I have. I think, as I said back after the Christmas season, and I told you that as I was preparing the music for the upcoming seven weeks or so. I was really excited about the readings. There's just a lot of good readings in here. It was good just to get back into, you know, well-known passages that have good teaching in them. 
And yeah. and if people are paying attention, they listened just last week, you changed the music. On the spot. On the spot because of the readings. Yes. So do you think that's going to happen again this week? We'll see what happens. Uh, we have two parts. We have a, th- a little thing about people being blind. Mm-hmm. And then we have the other part about a tree. So do you want to be a tree or do you want to be the 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 beam in somebody's eye? I'll let you... Not, you, the, not the gleam, the beam. The good, <laughs> I, I usually start. So why don't you start this week? Okay, I, and I'll, I will I'll talk bring about... It home. I'm closer to blind than you are. <laughs> you know, cut, well, remember... Well, you had cataract surgery. I, yeah, I had cataract surgery uh, two years ago. And I had both eyes done a week apart. Yeah. And then I had to schedule another appointment with my optometrist to get my glasses updated. Mm-hmm. I I had both surgeries just before COVID hit, and then everything was locked down, mm-hmm. including my appointment with the optometrist. So you didn't have glasses. So I didn't have glasses with the right prescription for about three or four months. So I dug into the old glasses drawer, and I found some glasses yeah. from a previous uh, prescription yeah. that were workable. And for for me, it's always about the strange distance because it's neither like reading close up or driving with sight far out, but it's the in-between when you're praying at the altar and the book is lying on the altar. Yeah, because it's farther away than a normal book would be. I would say that's similar to me for reading music on the piano. It is. Yeah. Uh, But uh, but I actually uh, have thought about going to trifocal a few times. Yeah. But chose not to. I feel like that would make you really old. That would make me really probably confused. Right. Like, By the way, I apologize to any young people listening to the podcast that have trifocals. Oh, I, <laughs> or I, old people. Or old people. Yeah. But I do recall getting getting a pair of glasses some years ago. And the woman that was in the waiting, line, uh, waiting room with me, yeah. she played um, violin in some sort of symphon- symphonic orchestra. Yeah. And she said she had to get glasses so that because the violin, and if you're on the stage, yeah. it's a pretty good distance between where you're sitting and, and the where, the, where the sheet music is. Yes, for sure. So, And sometimes they share the same stand. Right. So, Correct. Uh, so she said she had to get glasses just for that purpose. And that's what really alerted me, like, oh, yeah, so sometimes you wear glasses just... I used to have a pair of glasses I wore just for saying Mass. Yeah. And then I would take them off for other things after mass that'd be good it would be cool if you like put on sunglasses when you walked down the aisle and <laughs> shot off a little thumbs up to people i did have mass. <laughs> i did wear mass i did say mass last fall yeah uh with sunglasses outside I, I had an outdoor mass back at my hometown last october yeah and it was a very bright afternoon and i think that's a fine i thought it was kind of cool really father joe cool <laughs> yeah that's as close as i get <laughs> okay i i will read the first part this is Chapter 6, we're still in chapter 6. Luke's Sermon on the Plain is condensed to one chapter, chapter 6. But this is verses 39 to 45. Is this the end of it? Yeah. Yeah? Okay. Yeah. Go ahead. Okay. Jesus told his disciples a parable. Can a blind person guide a blind person? Would not both fall into a pit? No disciple is superior to the teacher. But when fully trained, every disciple will be like his teacher. Why do you notice the splinter in your brother's eye, but do not perceive the wooden beam in your own? How can you say to your brother, 
brother, let, re let me remove that splinter in your eye when you do not even notice the wooden beam in your own eye. You hypocrite, remove the wooden beam from your eye first. Then you will see clearly and remove the splinter in your brother's eye. A good tree does not bear rotten fruit, nor does a rotten tree bear good fruit. For every tree is known by its own fruit. For people do not pick figs from thorn bushes, nor do they gather grapes from brambles. A good person out of the store of goodness in his heart produces good. But an evil person out of a store of evil produces evil. For from the fullness of the heart, the mouth speaks. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. What incredible, incredible images. Mm. By the way, I like figs. You like Fig Newtons? I like Fig Newtons. They are pretty good cookies. So, okay, they're not cookies. They're, what are, what what are, are they, they called? Remember that commercial? The, it's not a cookie. Oh, it's, it's, it's a fruit, a fruit. What do we say? I'm looking it up. Okay. It's not a cookie. Well, that's Kermit the Frog. Hold on. Yeah. Hold okay. On. Keep going. By the way, did you know, I think we talked about this once before. They're no longer called Fig Newtons. Yeah. They're just called Newtons. Yeah, that's silly. It's not a cookie. It's a fig Newton. I guess that was the tagline. I, th I thought it was some of the. It's not a. Fi it's not a cookie. It's a baked. Something. It's a fruit Newton. Yeah, fruit Newton. It's okay. not a cookie, mother. It's a fruit Newton. Okay. All right. Anyway, so <laughs> a good tree does not bear rotten fruit. Yes. I remember growing up at home. And my dad had a lot of fruit trees. We had apple trees galore. We had cherry trees. We had different kinds of plum trees. We had uh, maybe a peach tree or two. Um, then he had lots of berries as well. But Did my, you sell the fruit? No. Just This was for fun. For fun. For eating. Yes. My mother used to, if a tree got hit by a storm and went down, we'd cut it off at the ground level. And almost without fail... A new tree would grow up out of the old roots. Really? You'd see the, the little... I bet you could do that in your own yard. Oh, a you know, little shoot would come out. A little up. shoot come out. But my mom said they were worthless except for the plum. The, the, the she, plum tree would... She, her line was the plum tree was the only tree that would bear... That would be true. That was her phrase. It would be the only tree that would be true. And we'd say, what do you mean true? And it, she said, it would bear good plums. The others would kind of grow up and put on a show, but they didn't produce much fruit at all. <laughs> those that, you're talking specifically those that would come from the shoots after the original tree was gone. Exactly. Okay. Somehow the plum tree would be true. Wow. I mean, I, love, I feel like you'd I, have to wait a long time. But, yeah, maybe a few years. Yeah. But but I love that image, uh, the, the phrase even. The uh, it, it would be true. It would be true to its roots. Mm -hmm. um, and sometimes, maybe that's another way of saying, sometimes our roots are calling for one thing, but we're not bearing the fruit that we should have. Mm. So Jesus is using the image of a good... It's not just like putting on a show, but if you want good fruit, you yourself have to be good. Yeah, You can't get good fruit from a... A rotten tr tree, or uh, you know, you don't even know if a rotten tree would grow new uh, new stems. That's interesting. I mean, I, I, these are great images. Those of us that did not grow up on farms with fruit trees, 
it's sometimes hard to, yeah. I mean, we can picture it of course, but we don't have the, the firsthand experience that you do. We do have an apple tree at our house, but it, the apples are just so, so like every other year. Yeah. Is that normal? Yeah. Lots of, uh, lots of apple trees. Oh, I don't know. I'm not an apple specialist, but yeah, we had a lot of apple trees, but some were not worth eating. Yeah. But, uh, the birds like them. And they were good to throw at each other. <laughs> don't tell my kids, please. Yeah. That's, that's just, a now let, let me tell you, my brother-in-law, who's a native of Florida, mm-hmm. had a, a grapefruit tree in his backyard. Mm-hmm. And there was a, a heavy frost one year where they lived near Tampa. And I was visiting shortly after that. And he said, oh, I think my my grapefruit tree reverted to being a lemon. I like said, a bad car? Well, that's what I wondered. Yeah. It, like a lemon in a metaphorical sense. And he said, oh, no. I mean, literally, a fruit, a lemon. It's no longer a grapefruit. And I said, I don't get that. He said, oh, you northerners, you don't know. What happens is the grapefruit uh, root system and the the trunk of the tree is really too too weak. So they would put, uh, what's the term? You splice it on, but that's not the one, graft it. They would graft on uh-huh. a grapefruit branches onto a lemon trunk and a lemon tree. Because the lemon tree was stronger? The lemon tree was stronger. Okay. But then when it froze, the grapefruit part froze off, and it went back to being a lemon again. <laughs> this is great. No, not great. It's lemon. <laughs> yeah. It's great. <laughs> I, I followed you. Yeah. Well, that's like the grapefruit song that we sing in church. We bear grapefruit yeah. uh, from we have been I, told. I am the vine, you are the branches, all who follow uh, Follow me, we'll bear grapefruit. Yes, but it's great fruit. fruit. Okay. So anyway, so we want to be have great fruit. Uh, you don't get figs from a thorn bush. You don't get a grapefruit from an apple tree, mm-hmm. especially a, a bad apple tree like in your backyard. Let's ask. Let's ask a broader question. What does it mean to bear? good fruit as a disciple, as a follower of Christ. That's wonderful. And it's not just show. It's not just, okay, I'm a, I'm putting on a show. Look how good I am. Yeah. It's basically that you live your life. I, we have to pick up off of last week. You, you live your life showing compassion, mercy, loving your enemy. You live your life caring about other people and not just what you get out of it. Yes, I, I fear so often that people are just getting called, what am I going to get out of this? Mm-hmm. You know, we often refer to it as transactional. Yeah. Well, I'll do this for you, but you better do something for me. Yeah. And that's not the scriptures at all. That is not the gospel. It's very childlike. I, I mean, as a parent, I you can see like the self-centered You mean nature. childlike in a bad sense. Child, yeah. Childish, not childlike. Childlike, I say, is... A, oh, it's like a good thing, like yeah. the innocence of a child. No, I'm saying childish in terms of, you know, in my kid's world, their first thought is, well, how will X affect me? And I always will reply, well, it's not about you right now. Yeah. You know, there's there's a bigger picture here. Um, but we, we have to take our whole life to learn that we're not the center of the universe. You know... There was a little child in church the other Sunday, beautiful, beautiful little girl. And everybody was stopping and looking at this child. And I said, she's the center of the universe. And the family just nodded their heads, yes. (laughs) Okay, 
and she will be the center of the universe until she's not. Yeah. But she she might not realize right away that she's not. Yeah. Now, I'm not against people giving children attention, mm-hmm. but we all have to discover, uh, certainly during those teenage years, maybe before that, but we discover, oh, the world does not revolve around me. Yeah. But when you run into somebody who's 25 or 30 or 35 and they still think it's all about them, it's kind of a sad thing. I would say, though, that is sometimes a criticism of spirituality, maybe not specifically just Christianity, but but faith in general is, you know, somebody may say, so you think that the creator of the universe that has 8 billion people to worry about really cares about blessing your food before your meal or the fact that you X, Y, or Z. And so in some ways our faith teaches us a little bit of, of self-centeredness because that's how we learn to pray. Well, I think it was St. Teresa of Avila who once said, she said, if I discovered that I was the only person alive in the world today, God could not love me any more than God loves me now. Mm. She, she was aware that it was a totality of God's love and attention but it was God's love and attention totally for each person. Yeah. And we can't fathom that because we divide it. It's not the exclusivity of the love. Yeah. Right. And I think that's where a lot of people get it wrong. I I make a distinction between personal and private. Mm -hmm. I think we have to remember our faith is personal. It's real. It's yes. It's I've got my own personal relationship with the Lord, but it's not private. I don't have my private relationship with the Lord. Right. My, my, attention has to be communal because I have to realize the Lord has that same attention for the person next to me. And when it comes to Sunday mass, we have to learn that Sunday mass is really a communal prayer. So we have to be communal to pray it well. Mm-hmm. And it's not just 500 people praying privately. Yeah, It's 500 people praying in a communal way. I think that is what, if I can put my finger on it, that a lot of people discover when they come to our church, they say it's different. And they might say, oh, it's friendly, or I feel connected. But I think it's because we've been emphasizing that it's communal worship and not private worship. But I think we've also said all along, it's not either or. That the the strength of communal worship is dependent upon personal prayer. Outside well, again, of, I'm saying personal, but not private. Well, I'm, but I'm yeah, saying outside yeah. of the celebration oh, yeah, of Mass. Oh, yeah, we have to have that as well. So that when we come to Mass you know, our faith, our experience, our relationship is that much stronger for the good of the whole. Yeah. Now let me go to the first half of the gospel. Did you ever get a splinter in your eye? No, but I've had them in my hands and they don't feel good. Okay. When I wore contacts and yes, I did wear contacts for about 10 or 15 years. Oh, father. You handsome. Get, you, you just get this tiny, tiny little piece of dust and you think you've got a whole beam in your eye. It's like it, it irritates and you have to take the, the contact lens out. And I would sometimes take it out and I would look at it and think, where is this speck? It, you couldn't even see it. Yeah. Of course I couldn't see it because I had taken the contact right. out. <laughs> right. But uh, then you clean it off and, and then put it back in and things were okay. But you just hated windy days. Windy, dusty days were by far the worst. I, I've never worn contacts, so this is all new information yeah, to me. But it feels like a beam. Yeah. This is a, a well a well um, quoted scripture passage. Take the beam out of your own eye before yeah. you help your brother with or sister with her. Usually yeah. when somebody is offended or doesn't like what you're doing, then they'll they'll use this, oh, take the beam out of your own eye, you know. Yeah. Yeah. 
Well, so maybe sometimes we do have a beam in our own eye. Uh, we could. It would be very painful if that were. But it would own. also be that we become very judgmental. And the opposite of being judgmental is not just anything goes. The opposite of be, being judgmental is to put the person before the act or the person before the action. Yeah. Somehow, um, I'm allowed to judge that a behavior is wrong, mm-hmm. but I'm not allowed to judge a person. Well, we're quick to judge the failings of others before we can admit our own, right? Well, and some some people even say, if if whatever bothers you about somebody else is probably your own uh, weak, weak spot. Oh, that could be a fun game that we could play. What <laughs> bothers you about Father Herb? Do, 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 do. No, well, that... <laughs> they'd be lining up. <laughs> no, not, I would say... Nothing, nada. Well, people, I don't know if people are going to get it all off their chest in the next couple of months before <laughs> I leave, or if they're going to be super nice before I leave because they want to leave on good terms. Oh, no. we, You are loved very much, and you know that. Oh, yeah. This is this is going to be a uh, a time to, to love you. I mean that in the truest sense of the, the word. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's that's what we should do. It's been a... It's been a, a great time building community and building church, building church. We're all together on this. And if you love me enough, you can bring in some fig Newtons <laughs> <laughs> to go with that coffee. Yes. We're still looking for a, a coffee tip or two. So, you know, just let us know what you think. Okay. So we are at the end of ordinary time until after Easter season. So it's yeah. going to be a long time till I get to wear green again. That's okay. We'll get it pressed and laundered. It'll be ready to go for you. Hey. And uh, we will see you uh, as we prepare for Lent next week. So tune in next time. Yeah, take care.